By the way, uh, I am leaving just in a few days, and I don't know that I've told you much about this. Quite honestly, part of the reason I haven't is because we've been focusing on the Ukraine, and this kind of got a little bit eclipsed, but um, got a big thing going on through Foursquare and my role as the district missions mobilizer. This Thursday, I fly out for the Congo, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and um, Got something going on there, really, really exciting. We're believing God for the purchase of a strategic piece of property in Kinshasa, Congo. Kinshasa, by the way, is the fastest growing city in all of Africa. And it is one of three mega cities in Africa. Are you going to ride in one of those things? Yes, I'm hoping to. Are you gonna like? Are you gonna like get one of those poles and? I might, like, honey. I might. Lord, I need to be. We need to be praying. I'm not sure how my balance is, but Do they we'll have find out. There? Is there piranha in there? Piranha, crocodiles. Oh, Lord, I don't need to know more. Yeah. I just keep praying, Lord, I don't want you to get eaten by a piranha. We're looking to build a church planting center that's not only going to serve the Congo, but also Central Africa, Congo, Chad, Cameroon, Gabon, several other countries. And, and with the hopes of reaching into northern Africa, which if you are familiar at all with unreached people groups, northern Africa is full of them, mm-hmm. and it's predominantly a Muslim stronghold, and we want to see new church plants, new countries open to the gospel there. So our project was to raise $220,000, and guess what? We've already, I haven't even announced it yet, and we've already raised $172,000. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Can you give the Lord praise for that? <laughs> So I'm going to have Pastor Bert come up wherever he is. I want him to pray over me today if he would. Here's another slide. I wanted to show you a couple of quick things. One of the famous rivers in Africa is the Congo River. And it kind of makes its loop throughout the country, by the way. Yeah, and that's it. And the second, and then I fly from Kinshasa to Kinsangani and back and uh, just we're, we're, we're preaching a number of times, teaching a number of times in a number of places and then just some... You'll see right here this inset exactly where Congo is. It's right there in central, the heart of Africa, a very strategic place. So, Pastor Burke, come up. And would you all, would you all stand, please, with me? And um, I really, really covet your prayers. I'm not doing this uh, independently in any way, shape, or form. I want to do it fully under the covering of this body and your prayers and your blessing And I believe God's opened the door, and it's a great opportunity, and I want you to be praying with me. Amen? Amen. Praying with me, standing with me, that God will use this in amazing ways. We have an incredible movement of churches already established in the Congo, about 1,400 churches. So there's a lot of good things happening there, but I believe God's getting ready to explode that for his glory, and we want to be a part of that. So thank you for your prayers this morning, and thank you, bro, for praying for us. Father, with uh, great anticipation, dear Father, may you allow our hearts this morning, the body of New Song's hearts, Lord, to connect with the spirit and the body within Pastor Jeff Mm. as as he goes to the Congo and represents Mm. us, as he represents you first and foremost, as he represents the Foursquare Church, Mm. as he represents... Uh, the living Christ, dear Father, that will change all nations in all ways. Yes. Father, there are div- divine assignments, mm. divine appointments that you have set up, dear Father, because you waste nothing. Mm. And as Pastor Jeff goes, Lord, may he step out, Lord, in the authority, mm. the boldness, 
that same spirit that raised Christ from dead, may yes. it come yes. alive within his heart and his body. And as he touches and he moves, Lord, and those that touch him, may he drip like a over an overexposed sponge to water, dear Father. And wherever he goes, dear Father, may they know that they have been with Christ. So lead him and guide him, Lord, his travels, dear God, as he goes. Give him great favor as he goes, dear Father. Uh, Lord, divine upgrades on those airplanes would be wonderful, Lord, in each and every way. Uh, Lord, all we thank you because, Lord, uh, he travels as an ambassador of the living king. And we thank you and we praise you in your holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Bert. Thank you so much. By the way, you're going to get to hear a good word from Pastor Bert next week Yes. while I'm gone, and I'll be back that following Sunday. I can't wait. It's going to be an exciting, exciting opportunity. Pray against those, you can be seated, pray against those pesky mosquitoes, by the way. You know, um, I'll be on malaria yes. medicine and uh, uh, the, the, the dress code in Africa, believe it or not, is a suit and tie and um, this is this is sub-Saharan Africa, south of the equator. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can imagine it's going to be hot. So you know, I'm probably going to come back having uh, shed a few pounds of sweat or something. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. But uh, my friend that I'm going with, two friends, and one's mm-hmm. a pastor in Virginia, and one's our our area missionary. Some with some really good brothers. And uh, excited to preach and teach and just be a blessing and just bless what God is doing. Amen. Amen. So Pastor Bert will be bringing a good word next week. Don't miss that. Um, Yeah, anything else I need to say there? Hey, a couple other things I want to mention real quick. One is um, I want to alert everybody in the house to be praying for my dear brother James right back there. James, raise your hand. We love My dear James. brother, yes. we are praying for you, man of God. We are praying God's protection over you, yes. God's healing over mm-hmm. you, God's sustaining grace over you, my friend. Just started chemo and radiation this week, and we're believing God for a complete healing in this yes. man's man's body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Let, let's just pray over the offering. Father, bless yes. the offering. Yes, Bless Lord. James, heal yes. James, touch James. Lord, be with those in the Ukraine, God. Help them, Lord. Help us to be a blessing and a help there. And God, uh, bless all of our missionaries and ministries represented through the Harvest Project, Lord. Just have your way. And we just love you and thank you for the opportunity to give in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, Ladies Revelation Wellness is this Saturday at 10. So I do have a, sh- a sign-up sheet in the back, but I'll also be sending you some texts. But if you're interested, let me know. So we'll be doing a lot of fun things. Hey, by the way, I forgot to, I forgot to mention about the banners. Check out the yeah, banners. Aren't, aren't they, they cool? Yeah. By one of our artists in residence here, Mr. Craig Tomini. Thank, yes, thank you, Craig. Thank him for yes, blessing us. Job. with These are our theme banners, our prophetic theme for the year, deeper connections, greater fruitfulness. So thankful for that and uh, appreciate Craig's part in that. Hey, Easter's coming up, one yes. of the greatest days of celebration for us as Christians. Invite some friends and family. 
And uh, we're going to have a great time. I don't know if you remember it last year, but we had a we had an unbelievable spread right here down through the center. It was an incredible breakfast. Come out at 9.30, enjoy the breakfast, enjoy the fellowship. And weather permitting, it's going to be outside oh, yeah. again. So we're excited mm-hmm. about it. And then right afterwards, a big Easter egg hunt for the kids. And mention this, honey, and oh we're yeah. Ready so to roll. we have Freedom Conference coming in. Um, okay, I can't see. April the twenty second and the twenty third, seven to nine on Friday, and then nine to three on Saturday. It's it's really powerful. Yeah. And I always say, you know, we always need more freedom, you know. And uh, come and uh, have God minister to you a greater level of freedom. Amen. I really believe that. Freedom's not an event, it's it's a lifestyle. It is, yes. And the world we live in, I think it just requires and necessitates that we just keep taking steps toward freedom, yeah. steps toward freedom. That's so right. come and get cleansed and have a wonderful time of worship. It's going to be powerful. Yes. Growth Track's coming uh, if you're interested in finding out more about the church and joining the church. Hey, I want to welcome a quick testimony today. I, I love testimonies. Testimonies build faith, amen? Amen, yes they do. Would you welcome Ben Brawback? He's All got right, a powerful ben. one this morning that... I want you to hear. So, yes. Ben, thank you for sharing this morning with us. All right, good morning. Well, this is awesome. I'm not preaching today, so. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, just want to, since I have your attention, I want to wish my Nora a happy 12th birthday. Love you, babe. Wow. Happy birthday. Uh, so. As many of you know, I'm Ben Broadbeck, um, but um, one of my great passions is cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, I've cycled for 20, 25 years since college, and so you do the math, get my age, but uh, I've, I've cycled tens of miles um, over time, and uh, Pastor Jeff came and checked on me last week, uh, last Sunday, and he asked me how I was doing. I was like, well, I'm a little bruised up. Um, He's like, why? And I'm going to tell you why. Um, So uh, I was on a routine bike ride Wednesday night uh, after work. Hmm. And I've done this ride, I don't know, hundreds of times. And uh, I'm headed from Long Run Road, which is where my house is, uh, to the Egg Loop, Eglon Loop in Beckley Station. Hmm. And I get there, and I'm 12 miles in, and I'm doing loops around the egg lawn, and I was going to head back home. Well, I was on my last loop, and I don't know if you know where the nature center is there. Okay, there's a three-way stop. So I come to the three-way stop, and um, I see a white Ford Explorer um, approaching the stop sign. As I'm going through the stop sign, he runs the stop sign. He just hits me in the side. Um knocks me on the ground, speeds off. I'm laying there on the pavement. I pop back up, and I've got blood on my hand, on my side, and I'm looking around where there's this guy named Ryan, a bystander. And he's like, man, are you okay? He's on the phone. He's got 911 dialed up, and he's explaining the situation. And, and I said, I, I guess I'm okay. I've got, you know, where's the blood coming from? And I said, look at my back, you know, is there anything sticking out of my back? Or, was, I, you know, my adrenaline was just pumping. And um, so he said, no, you're good, you know. He said, how are you standing here? How are you? I, I, he said, I saw the impact. It was so loud. He said, I saw you fly off your bike. I saw you hit the pavement. 
He said, I can't believe you're standing here right now. And so I'm, I'm looking around, and, and, you know, first thing I do is I grab my bike. Is my bike okay, you know? Is it broken? Oh, no, you know? And he's like, man, lay your bike down. Let me check you out, you know? So anyway, uh, bike's okay. I hear EMS in the background, police in the background. And I look at Ryan, I'm like, are you serious? Is this, are they coming for, he said, yes, this is protocol. So anyway, they show up, you know, it's a light show. It's, it's warm outside, everybody's in the park, everybody's watching, and I'm like, all this for me, you know, this is crazy. So anyway, I say all this to say, um, you know, I talked to Ryan a little bit, and I'm thankful for him, and I think it was a, I believe it was a testimony to him, you know, that I had angels around me, and I know I had angels around me the whole time, mm. and... Mm. It's just amazing. Uh, the firefighters, you know, they were checking my helmet and my equipment, asking me all kinds of questions. Anyway, they really, it's a miracle um, mm-hmm. that nothing else happened. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a sore, but um, amazingly, uh, that following Sunday, I, went, I got back up and I rolled uh, 30 miles. Wow. So that's just a testimony of how the protection of the Lord, I had yeah. to get back on the bike again. I had to get back on the horse, so mm-hmm. to speak. So anyway, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, kill and destroy, you know, and the enemy knows that I struggle with joy. You know, I've had a lot of past events that happen and, and he was there. He was trying to steal my joy, something that I love so much. He was trying to strip that from me. Mm. So you know, he's lurking, he's, he wants to trip you up, and he wants to, to strip you down of things you love and enjoy. Um, mm. But, you know, I'm, I'm here to say he lost the battle. Mm. You know? Amen. Amen. I'm coming against the schemes of the enemy. You know, I know his schemes, and he has lost the battle. Mm. You know, Psalms 512, and this is something that, that uh, Becky prays over me. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with a shield. And I'm just thankful for that shield that was before me. Um, So challenge to you guys, um, next time you're stuck behind a cyclist, you know, when you're headed to your next event, (laughs) you know, a cyclist in superhero gear, you know, so to speak. So pray for them, you know, pray for protection over them, you know. they're, they're headed home to their family. They want to get home safely, just like you do want to get home to your, your family. So anyway, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, you, I'm ben. blessed. So. Thank you, Ben. We love you, man. Give that trace. Isn't that awesome? Can you give the Lord praise for that? One thing Ben didn't mention that he mentioned to me last week is that um, he, he absolutely is convinced it was on purpose. And uh, tinted windows, so he couldn't see who was behind the, the driver's uh, wheel there. But regardless of what the intent was or who it was or whatever, we're thankful, amen, yes, for amen. God's protection. Yes, amen. Right. Thank you, honey. Right. Love you, doll. All right, this morning, I want to dive back in. I got a little part two here, but this is part three, part three of Unlocking the Kingdom of God. By the way, if you haven't been tracking with us It's so important, okay? We're building something and we're going somewhere. And I'm telling you, 
Where we're going is powerful, it's life-changing, it's going to connect dots for you, it's going to answer questions for you. Every single one of us are living right now, whether you understand it or not, whether you can conceptualize it or not, in the clash of two kingdoms. These two kingdoms are clashing and there is absolute uh, challenge going on all around us. I'm not talking about the kingdom of the Republicans and the Democrats I'm not talking about the kingdom of the conservatives and the liberals. I'm not even talking about the woke and the unwoke, whatever that would be. I'm talking about something much bigger and much greater and much stronger. And it is the serious battle that's happening between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. The kingdom that Jesus came to bring, to initiate, to break into this present day that we're living on this earth. Jesus came with a message that that again and again and again proclaimed the kingdom. We've already looked at a number of key things. I want to encourage you to go back, catch up on the first two parts, catch up today, and and we're going somewhere, folks. We're not just a bunch of folks who are, you know, coming to church just to be placated and comforted. We're a, a people, I believe, that God has called to make a difference. We're a kingdom people, all right, called to make a difference for the king of all kings. This isn't, when I talk about the kingdom of God, listen, I'm talking about something so much greater, so much stronger than whoever sits on the the you know in in the white house i'm talking about the one who's enthroned above all i'm talking about the king of kings and the lord of lords who hopefully you and i we have submitted our hearts and entered into his kingdom and we're living out the kingdom of God together with all of our hearts so that we are kingdom people and so that our rally cry together is for the king and his kingdom that we are living with a passion that these, you know what, I believe these are the last days and there certainly are last days, amen? And God has chosen you. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but think about this with me for a moment. Scripture says that out of all time, out of all places, God chose you to be alive this moment. This moment to make a difference at this time. I mean, literally, he could have chosen all the great people that you think about throughout all of history to have been a part of this strategic moment, but rather than choose them, he chose you. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes that, uh, that blows me away. God, you chose me to be alive in this strategic moment in all of history. Help me not to miss it. Help me not to be asleep. Help me not to be a passive. Help me to be engaged. Help me to have kingdom eyes. Help me to have a kingdom heart. Help me to have kingdom hands and kingdom feet. Help me to be about building your kingdom. So this morning I want to review quickly. What is the kingdom? Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom. His first message right out of the gate. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And some of us don't even know what that means. We don't even understand the relevance of that. And this is where I want us to go so that we are kingdom people living with a kingdom heart. The kingdom of God, there's three things, three components, and you've got to understand them so that you understand what it is Jesus is proclaiming and and calling us to enter into. The kingdom of God, number one, is the rule and reign of God. 
his sovereignty, his dominion over all. You know what? There's Jesus is Lord of all and over all. And one day he will set up his permanent kingdom. One day he will set up his everlasting kingdom. It's going to happen. Number two, the kingdom of God's a future realm where the fullness of kingdom glory happens. We commonly call that heaven. Sometimes scripture calls it the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. They're synonymous terms. But number three is what we're talking about and what we need to have understanding on. The kingdom of God is the realm of God we enter now, right now, through our new birth, if you've received Christ as Lord of your life, in order to experience the blessing of God's reign. And this morning, I want to talk just a little bit about what that looks like, how that feels, what, what, what does that mean for us? There's a really interesting scripture, and it's, 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 it, it, it's being used in a particular context, the writer of Hebrews, but it gives us, a, it gives us a, 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 an understanding that I think is really fundamental for where we're going. In Hebrews chapter 6, the, the author of Hebrews says that there are those who have tasted, everybody say tasted. The Bible says taste and see the Lord's good, doesn't it? have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted, there it is again, the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. Now he's talking about people, believers, who then have struggled and walked away and been disobedient, but he's giving us an insight into something that's really helpful and really relevant for us as to where we're going and what we're saying here about the kingdom. We're living in what I'm going to call the meantime. Okay, everybody say meantime. Why do they call it meantime, by the way, and not nice time? I don't know. I don't know. We just use that term, right? We're living in the meantime. The kingdom has come, and yet the kingdom isn't fully established yet. We're in the meantime. We live in the meantime, the time where we're waiting for the future fullness of the kingdom to come in all its glory. That's going to be heaven one day. But the kingdom is already broken in. Jesus said the kingdom of God is here now. In the time of getting taste of the powers of the future kingdom now, I want to talk about those tastes, those experiences, and how we, how we position ourselves and line ourselves up so that we're tasting and experiencing and seeing the kingdom in its fullness right now. It, 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 you know, we're going to get taste. It's not the fullness fully. This isn't the full feast, but it's a taste nonetheless. And it's great. This is so important. If we, think, if we think the kingdom is only future, if it's only in heaven, then we miss out on the taste right now, and that's tragic. If we think that we get the kingdom in all of its fullness right now, then we get disillusioned when we don't experience it all right now. So this is going to help a lot of you who've struggled over time going, you know what, I've prayed for sick people, I've, I've prayed for God to do this, I've prayed for God to do that, and it didn't happen or whatever. We're going to answer some of those things for you and help you to see it through a new lens. Listen, learning to live in the tension of the meantime, is just, it's critical for believers. Learning to live with the hope and the expectation for heaven, and yet learning to live with the understanding that God wants to touch our broken earthly circumstances with his power right now. 
and learning to trust God and endure when that power doesn't show up the way you were hoping it would. Yet still believing, never giving up for miracles the next time one is needed. Just because you prayed for somebody and nothing happened, that doesn't mean the next time that opportunity comes before you that you just kind of passively have an orientation of, well, it didn't happen, I guess I'm not going to pray for them. No, no, no. We've got to still believe for miracles, for the breaking in, for the taste of the kingdom. But we've got to navigate these waters. And sometimes it's tricky. And sometimes people fall off the wagon in a sense when they don't understand how do we live in this meantime, the kingdom now, the kingdom not yet. So I want to ask this question this morning. How do we live in the meantime? Between tasting the powers of the age to come and realizing the fullness of the future feast that isn't until later. I've had those moments, let me tell you. I could, I could share with you many testimonies of, of moments and times and experiences where I prayed for someone and God broke through and healing came and deliverance came and God's power showed up. I can also tell you a number of stories where I prayed and I believed and it seemed like nothing happened. How do we position ourselves in the meantime? Well, the answer is this. We have to position ourselves for tastings now. Tastings now. For breakthrough of the kingdom now. We don't blow it off because it isn't that we've got to position ourselves. How many of you understand? I'm just being really honest with you. I'm I'm not here to sell you a bill of goods by any means. I'm here to be honest with you. Sometimes we see miracles and sometimes we don't. And quite honestly, that's been one of the most confusing things for many people. And not being able to answer that has caused some to stumble and give up completely. To not trust God. I'm trying to help you understand it through a kingdom, a true kingdom of God mindset. If you do, I think it'll help you. So the first thing we need to do is we need to position ourselves with kingdom praying. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. We we keep coming back to this because it's so key. Jesus says to pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is how he starts out the prayer. After acknowledging and worshiping the Father, the first thing is to call for the kingdom to come. Oh, please, church, hear me. Don't lose heart and passion to call for God's kingdom to come. Because when God's kingdom comes, when it shows up with power, there's change, there's radical change that happens. Don't lose heart, don't give up. And then he says in Matthew 6, 13, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He ends the prayer. This is the prayer we've traditionally called the Lord's Prayer. This is the prayer that, 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 that Jesus responded with when the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I don't know if you've noticed it, if you've thought about it, but it's all about kingdom praying. It's all about calling forth that kingdom. 
It's all about recognizing that our protection comes from being kingdom citizens and understanding God's kingdom. So there's kingdom praying that positions us, that gets us in a mindset of, yes, God, bring your kingdom more. The reason we've got to pray that, guys, the reason we've got to be passionate about that is just simply when you look, I don't know about you, but when I look around, there's not enough of God's kingdom being manifested in this earth. When I see the bad news that's, that's every day proclaimed on the TV and the radio and everything else, my heart grieves because that's not God's plan. That's not God's will. What's happening right now in the Ukraine? I don't believe that is of God. The, the, innocent, the, the killing of innocent people, the running them out of their, of their nation, the destroying of their properties. You think that pleases God's heart? God wants to bring his kingdom to bear there. I was on the phone with a missionary this week. He's so excited. Uh, he's in Poland, and he, he is uh, absolutely a strategic part of helping people who are coming across the border. It's well over a million now that have streamed into Poland, and he's, he and his wife are just, God is using them to touch and to love, and it's powerful. Let's talk about kingdom positioning. The disciples' actions at Pentecost, they teach us a lot about being positioned to receive and walk in the power of the kingdom. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, and then verses 12 through 14. Watch it. It's, it's, read it with me. It's a long passage here, but I want you to see it. In being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Listen, Jesus is not the only one with kingdom on his mind. So are the disciples. Now, we'll talk in the, in the future about how they got that wrong and how they misinterpreted that. But they're thinking kingdom too. Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the fathers put in his own authority. By the way, you, have you ever run across a crackpot who tries to tell you the time and the season of the Lord's return and gives you a date and a time? Turn them off, okay? You have permission from Pastor Jeff. Scripture says no man's going to exactly know, right? I mean, there's signs. We'll understand the seasons to some degree. But, you know, somebody setting a date, man, there's a long list of people who've missed that. Continuing on. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. When they had entered, they went up into the upper room and where they were staying, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Let's skip over real quick to Acts chapter 2. This is where it gets really good. You ready? And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That's not a Honda Accord, by the way. That's you know, means they were all there together in unity of spirit, right? 
love my Honda Accord, but it's, this is so much more important. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice that little word, all. What can we learn from the disciples? You and I need to understand how to position ourselves for the taste of the kingdom of God that God wants to bring right now. First thing, first thing that you and I need to focus on is just simply obedience. Obedience. Jesus commanded them to wait in Jerusalem. They went. They found the place that that was set up for them and they went into that upper room and they waited and they waited and they waited. That's obedience. Just obedience to God, just sincere, heartfelt obedience to what he's speaking to you. How are you going to know what he's speaking to you if you're not taking time to listen? But your obedience is so incredibly important. One of the sayings that, that just is over my life that keeps me seeking him is, is just the simple saying for God to do my obedience up to date. So many times we're looking for God to do something new or different and, 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 and we're wondering why we're not hearing from him and we're wondering why he's not working. One of the best questions you can simply ask is, Lord, is my obedience up to date? Did I do the last thing you told me to do? Sometimes we've got a string of disobedience going and we're wondering why God's not speaking anymore. And yet if we'd go back and clear that up and make that right, he would. But we've just been walking in fear and doubt and unbelief and we've not been listening and we've not been obeying. And sometimes we've got to go back and say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me where I missed it last time. The Lord says to Moses, Moses, throw down your rod. What's Moses do? He throws it down. It's obedience. God says to the priests, step into the water. Step into the water when they do the water parts. God says to the children of Israel, march around Jericho for seven days. How many times do we have to have story after story after story from Scripture that just absolutely conveys to us this principle that obedience precedes miracles? Obedience positions us to taste of the powers to come. Sometimes obedience is a real stretch. Sometimes God's calling us to do something that isn't necessarily that comfortable. But if Jesus tells you to do it, if the Holy Spirit is leading you to do it, do it with all your heart and do it for his glory and watch what happens. Secondly, patience. Can I just say that my wife can confirm this. Honey, be kind and gracious. But this is a real struggle for me. 
Thank God she didn't stand up and shout, amen. <laughs> I was worried she might. Honey, can I tell them about what happened at Kroger the other day? It was embarrassing. I know, honey. I'm telling all myself. This was just a couple of months ago. I don't know if you guys remember this. You know, it's been two years with the whole COVID thing. And there was a season, of quite a long season. We're, we're Kroger shoppers. You'd go into Kroger and there was never a short line. Anybody, anybody experienced that? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, literally, the, you know, the self-checkout lines, and there was always two or three of them that were broken. And then the two or three that were open, the line would be all the way back the aisle. I mean, it was It was crazy. And then the, the one or two cash registers they had open, it was super long. And you'd just go in to get, get a carton of eggs and it would take you an hour, you know, because you had to wait through this unbelievable line. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Come on now. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging here. So we're in this super long line, right? And I don't know what got into me, church. Pray for me. We're in this super long line, and, and it's, it, you know, we're waiting on a, a you know, it's a, it's a regular line. We're waiting, you know, for that, that person to check all these people out in front of us. But just right here, right in my viewpoint, right, right I can see it clearly, was the self-checkout area. And as I'm standing there waiting forever, you know, I notice that the lights are on, which means it's open, but they had a... A thing across it saying it was closed. And my mind starts going, the lights are on. It says it's open. So I turn to the guy behind me, total stranger. It's probably Ryan, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, you see what I see? It looks like that's open, but they've got that cord up saying it's closed. So I wonder what would happen if we ducked under the cord. I've only got a few things and just check it out and go on. Instead of waiting in this hour-long line just trying to get these few little groceries. So I turn around. I think I forgot to vet this one through my wife. Actually, I talked Ryan or whatever his name was into it. He took off before me. He's like, it's a great idea. He goes over, ducks under the thing. He's checking out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my idea works. So I'm like, honey, come on, let's go. So we go and we duck under the thing. <laughs> Only to have that stupid machine go, you know, first three items, they checked out no problem. Then all of a sudden, it locked up, you know, and you had to get the person to come help you. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. I'm almost done here. I've got two more items. So I have to go embarrassingly to the guy at the desk and go, can you, can you fix this so I can just go ahead and check out? He's like, sir, that area is closed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh. It's closed. Oh, no. Yeah, Ryan just left all of his groceries and left. He, he just gave up. He just gave up. He, what do we do? We, we humbly got all of our groceries back in our cart and went to the back of the land. 
It's embarrassing and humiliating, believe me. What's that? Oh. <laughs> My wife was very humiliated, folks. I had to really apologize. Honey, would you like to come up and preach? Would you like, you like to take it over from here, baby? Yes, me too, baby. Me too. Sign me up. <laughs> when I share the scripture, you're going to go, boy, you really need that one, Pastor Jeff. Luke uh, chapter 21 talks about by patience you possess your souls. I didn't do very good that day at Croker. There's a patience that, that is needed for kingdom life, and that's an area God's working on me, as you can well tell. It really means uh, that, that patience you possess your souls is really talking about a composure that we would walk with, that, that we don't get antsy, we don't, we don't, we don't run out ahead of the Lord. Because things in the kingdom don't always happen instantly. It, it takes patience. I, I can only imagine, quite honestly, that a lot of us wouldn't have made it with those instructions Jesus gave to, that, to those uh, disciples to go into that upper room. Because I, I don't know if you realize it or not, they waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. It was 10 days. It was 10 days. If you go back and look at scripture and count the days, it's 10 days they're up in that upper room. I'm, I'm not sure if they had anything to eat. I don't know what, what all was happening there, but they were patient. And they believed the promise. And they endured through the waiting. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be honest. Most of us really struggle to wait 10 minutes in prayer. They waited 10 days for the ushering in of this kingdom dynamic that Jesus had promised. And then prayer and asking. I, I, I can only imagine. Can you, it would have been really cool in, in one sense to have been there, right? Because, man, the praying that must have been happening. The reconciliation that must have occurred. The, the unity that must have been forged. But there, you know, Matthew talks about, uh, you know, ask and it'll be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock. Keep on knocking. The, the, the Greek tense, you know, is ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. And they just, for 10 days, they were relentless and they didn't give up. And then there was an openness. And this openness that I'm, that I'm talking about here, I'll be honest with you, church, I, I love it and at the same time it terrifies me. I mean, these guys have been walking with Jesus for three years. They've watched him do miracles. They've watched him raise the dead. You know, they've gone and they've obeyed. They've waited in prayer. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the sound from heaven starts to fill the room. <laughs> I'm sure a few of them had to be at least slightly freaked out. And then this rushing wind starts to come. You know, there's no ceiling fans. What's going on? 
And then these tongues of fire begin to come and, and light on each of them. I mean, you know, you can see Peter going, what is that on you, James? What, what's on you too, Peter? These tongues of fire, I don't know about you, but, you know, fire, wow, that can burn you. It's dangerous. What's happening? Why is it resting upon them? And then, then they start speaking languages they've never spoken before. Freaky. Scripture kind of lists out 17 different languages that they come out of that upper room speaking. I, I don't know any other way to say it, but there's got to be an openness to God. Because we tend to only want what is predictable and what meets our mental criteria and what's safe and what's sanitary and what we can control. Most of us, if we're honest, if we're really honest here this morning, we probably would have ran out of that room freaked out. And yet the 120, all of them, all of them, stayed in unity, received what God was giving, and then went out empowered as witnesses. How many of you hear what I'm saying? Man, we've made, we've made church so, so tidy and sanitary. I'm not sure we've even allowed God any room to move any longer. I, I've had sincere men of God tell me for years that all of that passed away with the last apostle. I've had theology taught to me that basically said once the canon was closed of Scripture, all of that went away. That was just a dispensation, just a period of time where God was trying to do something special. What? We make theologies. We make theologies to explain away what we either do not understand or we aren't willing to experience. So we got to find a way to make it make sense in our own hearts and minds or to, you know, placate our fear. Let me just tell you, that's a surefire recipe for dead religion. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says this, don't quench the spirit. Don't quench the spirit. I've been thinking a lot about this. Talk to you some more about it at some point. Scripture says two different things to us in the New Testament. Paul says two different things. One in, uh, one in Ephesians and one here in 1 Thessalonians. In Ephesians, he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. In 1 Thessalonians, he says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. They're kind of different. I'll explain it to you at some point. But some of us need to be asking the Lord, <laughs> Have I quenched your spirit's work in my life? Uh, uh, folks, instead of quenching or grieving, let me just tell you, we ought to be feeding the spirit, fanning the spirit, fanning the flame, so desperately wanting and desiring for more of God in our lives. We got to stop playing it so safe. Some of us, our God is way too small. You can't contain him and you can't control him. The question for us this morning, is there any real openness to taste the supernatural of the kingdom of God in your life, in my life? If not, then I'll be honest with you, there is absolutely no need to be praying for the kingdom to, to come because the kingdom of God is supernatural. 
And by the way, we live in a world right now, people crave the supernatural. Have you noticed that? I mean, what in the world is the obsession with these superhero movies? You know, we want to see people who shoot spider webs out of their wrists, and we want to see people who have superhuman strength and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. People crave the supernatural. Oh, that's make-believe. But man, I'm telling you, if you have experienced God's presence the way I have at times in my life, it's undeniable. If you've seen the Lord move and work through your simple prayers to touch somebody else's life and change their eternity, that's supernatural, folks. We need to add obedience, patience, and prayer to our openness before the Lord. Position ourselves for taste of the kingdom of God now. Another, another way to position ourselves, and I'm heading toward our close, is faith. And faith. Obedience, patience, prayer, openness before God, and faith. I want to give you two quick examples from Jesus' life and ministry, and then one example from the apostles. Matthew 9, 22, it says, it says this. <laughs> This is the woman with the issue of blood. I don't know if you remember this little lady. She's, she's quite an inspiration, right? 12 years. 12 years she's suffered. She's gone to every doctor available. This little lady would have been considered unclean in society. She would not have been accepted in society. She would have had to have lived on the, on the outer edges of society. When she, when she goes after Jesus, she does something that's unthinkable. She presses through a crowd... She's elbowing her way through the crowd. I got to get to Jesus. Everybody she's touching is being considered ceremonially unclean. There could have been real consequences for this lady, but she's desperate to get to Jesus. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. She lost her entire livelihood to, to doctors. She presses through the crowd. Sure, it was the love of God that healed her. Sure, it was the goodness of God that heals her. But faith plays a role as well. You want to taste the powers of the age to come? Then have faith. Later in the same chapter, Matthew chapter 9, Jesus encounters some blind men. When he came come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, Do you believe I'm able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, According to your faith, let it be unto you and guess what they left seeing the apostles realized the importance of faith too in Acts chapter 3 in his name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know yes the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. This is the paralyzed man who was sitting there whose life had absolutely been sidetracked because of this, this vicious disease that had paralyzed his body. And when, Jesus, when the, the apostles pray over him and he is healed, the place explodes in joy and celebration and gladness in the Lord. Faith trusts God. And faith trusts that God will do something in the situation. So let me ask you this morning, and, and, and be honest, okay? Scripture's honest. You can be honest. I can be honest. Is your faith weak? Is your faith maybe bruised along the way? If so, confess it. 
Confess it before the Lord. Do like the man in, in Mark chapter 9. I'm so glad that the scripture gives us pictures of real people with real victories and real struggles. Mark chapter 9, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Sometimes our faith gets bruised. Sometimes when we don't understand kingdom concept and, and the, the fact that it's breaking in, but it's not fully here. Sometimes when we pray, like I said, we just kind of throw our hands up in, in disbelief, in, 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 you know, in resignation, and we think, oh, well, I guess God's not doing that anymore. And then we just stop. We stop being a conduit for what God could do and would do in the future. How many of you hearing me? we got to confess it. If our faith's been bruised, our faith is weak. Confess it. And then number two, get into the Word. The only thing that's going to build your faith up and strengthen your faith is the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. By the way, testimonies like Ben's and like Chad's and like Pam's, they're faith builders, amen? We're going to get a lot more testimonies going on around here, believe me. If God did it for them, he can do it for me. He's no respecter of persons. Faith, along with obedience, along with patience, along with prayer, and along with openness, clearly positions us for taste of the kingdom of God right now. The last thing I want to talk about is trust. This is where it gets challenging, right? I, I'm... I'm Fully willing to admit that. What about when the kingdom doesn't come, when and how you wanted with miraculous power to save, to heal, to deliver? This is where it gets difficult. But I've got to remind you once again, leave the results in God's hands. Trust his love. Trust his goodness. Trust his sovereignty overall. Those are critical things in the meantime. Jesus says on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he doesn't stay there. He moves on in that, in, that, in that picture there on the cross and says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Have you ever felt forsaken? Jesus has, but he didn't stay there. Into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. He trusted the Father. Job says in Job 13, 15, Though he slay me, yet I'll trust him. I'll keep trusting, I'll keep trusting, I'll keep trusting. And by the way, you can't get offended. Matthew chapter 11, really interesting passage. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who's not offended because of me. Listen, when kingdom power is happening all around you. When somebody else has prayed for someone and God's broken through and a miracle has happened, but it didn't for you, don't get offended. When kingdom power is happening, happening around you 
Or let's even make it a little more personal. You're struggling with something. And you've been crying out. And you've even had others pray for you and nothing happened. When kingdom power is happening around you and not for you, don't get offended. You can't get offended with God's will in your situation like John evidently was struggling with here. And you can't quit believing in the power of the kingdom now in that next situation that comes your way, that next struggle that you have. Listen, this is key. This is absolutely key. You must realize kingdom power is power to deliver from unwanted circumstances as well as power to endure unwanted circumstances. Let me say it again because it's really key, guys. Get it in your heart and your mind this morning. You've got to realize kingdom power is power to deliver from unwanted circumstances as well as power to endure unwanted circumstances. All those disciples that saw Jesus move so powerfully, many of whom through God moved powerfully, ended up dying at the hands as martyrs. See, we, we, there's, just, there's parts of the story where like, you know, we want it to be all one way. And God's got a bigger picture and a bigger plan. But Lord, you... You move mightily through the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul even, even took handkerchiefs and prayed over them and, and other people were healed by that handkerchief. How in the world could the Apostle Paul then have been beheaded? Sometimes it just doesn't make sense, but God's got a bigger picture and he's sovereign over all. In the meantime, in the meantime, we must position ourselves to taste of the kingdom of God right here and now, through faith, obedience, patience, prayer, and openness. Luke chapter 12 says this, and I love it. Knowing that it's our Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Trust God in it all. Commit your spirit to him. Take no offense and never quit saying, your kingdom come. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes with me? Lord, we just humble ourselves before you under your mighty, awesome hand. Just, just once again, Lord, saying we don't understand everything. But Lord, we sure don't want to miss anything that you want to do in and through our lives. And sometimes, God, we, we confess we've gotten it wrong. Sometimes we've allowed our faith to be bruised and, and even to become weakened and, and even to become passive to the place that we haven't stepped out, we haven't believed, we haven't prayed, we haven't been obedient. God, forgive us of our disobedience. God, do a work in each and every one of us, Lord. Your heart's desire is that we would be a kingdom people, living for the king and his kingdom every moment of every day, being conduits of your goodness and your power and your love as we pray and believe and trust you with the outcome. God, have your way in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Would you stand with me today? I want to thank you for coming. Lord, go with us now as we go into the harvest.
And let your face shine upon us and your light shine through us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week.